Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Good Monday afternoon. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Hope you had a good weekend. Hope you had some really good sleeps. Do you remember when you were a kid or a teenager? You could sleep forever You know what? Teens these days, they're not sleeping forever. Uh, Researchers are finding that a a growing number of teens aren't even getting the required, well, at least seven hours of sleep. I'm so envious. I'd love to have seven hours of sleep. Gene Twenge is the author of iGen, Why Today's Super Connected Kids Are Growing Up Less Rebellious, More Tolerant, Less Happy, and Completely Unprepared for Adulthood. That sounds like an uplifting book. Jean, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you. You're looking at the, the sleep habits of teenagers of this generation. And I don't think any of my listeners would be surprised to hear that the culprit behind the lack of sleep is what they're holding in their hands right now, a smartphone. Can we blame it all on the smartphones? You know, these, these trends toward teens sleeping less um, have been going on for a while. They got started in the 90s, um, probably due to wonderful things like video games and cable and so on. Uh, but then, yes, we saw an additional spike in the percentage of teens uh, getting less than seven hours of sleep right around 2012, which is when smartphones became more common. Getting less sleep, and we always hear this is the age group where they're going through another growth spurt, that they need more sleep. Are, are they looking at needing even more than, than the average of seven hours for their own development? Absolutely. So most research suggests that teens need, uh, on average, nine hours a night um, to be well-rested as opposed to the usual advice of seven to eight hours a night for an adult. Nine hours. So they're, they're not getting it. A, is it because they're actually using the phones or the phones, when they aren't using them, have fired all their neurons and so they can't have good quality sleep? It seems to be two factors. So first, Igentines spend a lot of time on their phones, six to eight hours uh, a day of their leisure time. So that's so much time it tends to crowd out the time they spend on other more beneficial activities for health, and sleep is one of those. Then the other factor is that many teens uh, will be looking at their phone right before they go to bed, mm-hmm. which is very stimulating both psychologically and to the brain, which is seeing that bright light and thinking it's still daytime. And then many teens do something that they call vamping, like vampire, mm-hmm. where they stay up all night or wake up in the middle of the night and are looking at their phones. And their parents think they're sleeping. And their parents think they're sleeping. Jen, did you say, Jean, did you say six to eight hours a day they're on their phones? Did I write that and one down? And that's just, yeah, that's right. That's just during leisure time. And there's some variation based on the surveys and which activities that they ask about. But it is somewhere in that neighborhood, yes. That's a full-time job. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it is. And that's what's interesting. When I interviewed teens for the book, they really backed up what, Um, shows up in these very large surveys, which is 
they feel like social media and texting is almost, it's mandatory. It's almost mandatory that they have to reply right away and spend, you know, a lot of time on these activities. And that's been the real shift between millennials um, born in the 80s, early 90s, and iGen, you know, born after 95. Social media went from something that people kind of played around with to being mandatory. Now, if my mom and dad were alive today, they could say, Ange, don't you forget that you would be on the phone with a girlfriend for a couple of hours, and that led to all kinds of battles in households. So is this just uh, another form of the, the socializing that we probably grew up with? We were just talking on the phone as opposed to tapping on the phone. There's a couple of differences. So one is that a phone conversation is in real time. You're getting the response from someone right away. And it's just between two people rather than being uh, the way social media is where it's a performance for many people. So there's different emotions involved. Um, Plus, it's the sheer amount of time. So there certainly were some teens in the 80s who were on the phone for six to eight hours a day, but that was pretty much the exception. Sure, it might have been an hour or two in the evening, but six to eight, pretty much that was not very normal, and six to eight is now the average. And then also, if I'm going to compare my generation to this generation, and I don't like doing that because every generation comes with its own challenges and successes, but we we would have hung out out for coffee for a couple of hours, gone to the A&W, so our socializing was more person to person. That's the other big difference that I noticed in doing these analyses of these big surveys where teens uh, report how they spend their time. So iGen teens, those in the last you know, five to seven years, um, they're less likely than their predecessors were to just hang out with their friends informally, to go to parties, to go to the mall, to ride around in a car. You know, all these things that teens have always done to be with their friends, iGen teens do those things less. They're less likely to do these face-to-face um, activities probably because they are communicating with their friends so much more through the phone. Did you manage to talk to any teens who actually spend time with other teens in person, and if that was any reflection on how much sleep they get? So, or yes, did you have a hard time finding something I was able to look at, in the, in, again, in these, in these large uh, nationally representative surveys. So that was what was uh, one of the most interesting things about digging into this data. You could see all the different ways teens spend their time and which ones were linked to sleeping less. So spending a lot of time on screens was very strongly linked to sleeping less. Spending time with friends in person was not, was actually linked to sleeping more. Mm. And then the best activity for getting a lot of sleep was sports and exercise. Uh, You'd be nice and tired and you'd be going to bed and need all the sleep you can get. And it's interesting, though, because there's a lot of athletes who are very pressed for time. They have to go to practice. They have to go to their games or meets. uh, They have to keep up their grades. Yet they're the ones who are sleeping the most. Mm. Maybe they're managing their time better. My theory is, first, that it's just, yes, it's helping them sleep longer. 
and they're not spending all that time on their screens because they're busy in other ways. Yeah. All right. Hold on here, Jean, because uh, I want to get texts, and I'm getting some texts from parents here, 403-974-8255. want to hear your stories of your teens, maybe how you've been dealing with it, or you just say, this is what we're going through. They're going to be teenagers. They're not going to sleep well. Or can you actually remove that smartphone from their hands while they're sleeping? Jean Twenge is my guest. She's the author of iGen 403-974-8255. Back with Jean after this. Talking about teens and their lack of sleep and maybe a closer examination of the use of their smartphone. Although this is a great text. This is the conversation I have with my wife all the time. It's not our kids who are on the phone that many hours a day. It's my wife. She wonders why she can't get a good sleep when she's responding to emails and texts at all hours of the night. I cut all my screen time two hours before bed. I've noticed a huge difference in my sleep. Jean Twenge is the author of iGen. And Jean, that probably is exactly the kind of advice you'd give to any parent or spouse. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think that you know, our, our study looked at teens but there's many other studies that have looked at adults and the process and effects are exactly the same. So the advice of not looking at that screen, um, especially the phone, uh, for about an hour or so before bed, excellent advice. And also do not keep your phone in the same room that you sleep in. And and I know only because I've gone through teens and fortunately we had the rule about they, the phones have to charge in the kitchen. So that that worked out for us. I know it doesn't work out for everyone. But then they also try to use that line, but I use it for my alarm clock. So then I just got a cheap alarm Buy clock. Buy an alarm yeah. clock. With a crazy <laughs> thing like a radio right in it and they could actually listen to the radio and set their alarm. <laughs> it's a whole new go. concept for those kids. Um, but here's, here's another one. And uh, I think you probably would agree with some of my texters here. I see this as primarily a parenting issue. Parents who do not put boundaries around phones, especially at night, are negligent with their children's physical and emotional health. Right up until at least 16 or maybe even 18, parents should be regulating how much phone time teens are spending, especially after 9 or 10 at night. Especially because we all know it's not just sleep that is suffering, but it has other effects also depending on what types of games they're playing, what types of video they're watching, how much money they're spending. Parents seem so oblivious to the seriousness of this. And Gene, the texture says, our rule is phones must be charged overnight in the kitchen and that should be every family's rule, especially with teens, no needing it for alarm. Yeah. Gene, do you, you can hear that texter though saying ultimately it's the parents who have to put these boundaries and maybe some parents aren't doing a good job of that. Well, it's, it's a tough job being a parent. I have uh, three kids myself and you want your kids to be happy and you don't want to fight with them. Um, but there's some things where you have to take a stand. And I think it's been very tempting up to this point to say, oh, you know, they're just communicating with their friends, no big deal, um, to see the phone is harmless because it's fun. But I think we have enough research now to realize, okay, it is fun up until a certain point, maybe two hours a day. And at night, uh uh-uh, that has to be cut off. So there are apps that you can get to put on your phone or your teen's phone um, to, for example, shut it down uh, at night when you need to be sleeping uh, or set a certain number of hours for certain, say, social media apps. So the great thing about that is then you don't have to be physically wrestling the phone away. It can be 
controlled remotely. Yeah, yeah. Jean, hold on here. I got a few phone calls. 403-974-8255. Hi, Chris. Hey, Angela. Your textures have taken the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) I'm not going to get too upset, though. It's 16 degrees outside at the end of October, so (laughs) I'm trying to stay happy because we know what's coming. Chris, Uh, so Chris, do you 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 have teenagers, Chris? Uh, I have a 16-year-old boy, a 13-year-old daughter, which is, don't get me started, and a (laughs) 7-year-old son. So at the end of the day, we're the parents. I remember, here's a little anecdote. I grew up in Winnipeg with four older brothers, and in the 70s when I was a little kid, we were the first household to get Atari Pong, Mm. if you remember that. Oh, I loved Pong. And I remember my mother one night came downstairs, my brother older than I, we were on it late at night. She walked up, she unplugged it, and she took thing away from us problem solved so, how dare she how dare how she dare, be a parent how dare she? My, my life was ruined forevermore <laughs> the point is we have a rule in our house it's difficult nowadays though we all have to remember like in my kids school i don't know about the rest of calgary we're in Springbank. the kids don't have uh textbooks anymore mm-hmm. it's all on their computers they have yeah. to have a laptop so they tell us well i'm doing homework yeah. you know so you don't want to hover over them but we have a rule 10 o'clock Everything comes in the kitchen. Everything gets plugged in because half the time, if you don't do that, it's not charged. And then that's a whole nother drama at 7 o'clock in the morning as you're trying to get them out the door. So (laughs) at the end of the day, parents have to take responsibility for their children. And if you're not, then I guess it's kind of your own fault if if your 13-year-old daughter is a grouch all the time. Chris, did you say you grew up in Winnipeg? I did. What are you worried about winter? Calgary has nothing on winters compared to what Winnipeg has. No, I know, but I'm enjoying it now because we know it will come in the next couple of weeks. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for sharing your thoughts, Chris. Four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. Jean, I can't see you, but I'm sure your head was nodding to everything Chris was saying. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we're dating ourselves knowing what Pong is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that's absolutely it, that you just you have to put those limits in place. And it was interesting, you know, that um, Chris also mentioned his daughter feeling unhappy, because that's something we haven't touched on. It's not yes. just that this spending a lot of time on screens, you don't sleep well. When you don't sleep well, you also tend that also tends to ramp up anxiety and depression, and that sadly is the other thing that has really spiked upward with iGen is more of these issues around mental health and sleep is probably part of that, and there's probably other stories in there too, but it kind of all has these effects together. Well, I know whenever we talk about sleep, the the physiological benefits, whether it be we talk about obesity, depression, anxiety, all those things. So if you've got to look at your sleep patterns and maybe what's causing those sleep patterns to not be long enough. Uh, one texter says, what what are the apps that are out there to control the phones? Jean, did you actually have some that you, you mentioned that at least there's apps out there? I just have a listener there, asking. There are a lot of them, yeah. uh, and which one you're going to use is going to depend on which phone you have and what type of um, control you want to have are. and what things you want to do. Yeah. One that I'm aware of is called Kids Locks, uh, but there are many others. Perfect. Jean, thanks for starting the conversation. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Jean Twenge, she is the author of iGen, Why Today's Super Connected Kids Are Growing Up Less Rebellious, More Tolerant. That's good news, I think.
less happy and completely unprepared for adulthood. Okay. Well, I don't know. I, I, I always hate to throw one generation up against another. I'm sure if my mom again were alive today, she'd wonder if I was really prepared for adulthood, but at least we didn't have all the distractions that kids are dealing with today. Uh, let's just finish off with a few more texts here. I love this one. I massage my wife's feet and calves as she drifts off to sleep. Happy wife, happy life, such is life. Hey, that rhymes. That's the texter. I couldn't imagine someone massaging my feet and my calves. I'd be ticklish, So, but good that it works for your wife. Um, someone said, oh, right, I remember going through four to six days being awake as a kid. Uh, so they were awake for four to six days in a row, it sounds like, but then, then he brought in a, a second part. But because I slept less, I played more video games. It was a push and pull. Then you wonder if you are sleeping less because you're playing video games and what that's doing to your brain. You can continue to text, although after the news, we want to change topics. Have you had your flu shot yet? Back after this. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.